2: Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month.
0: Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game.
2: Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
0: Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 97.5 and 12.40 KFH.
2: All right, welcome in everybody. Sports Daily. It's Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor, Max Power in with us this week. Along for the ride. appreciate Max stepping in here for JAD. The IHOP hotline is open at 869-1240. You can get your uh, well, you can get your hands on some new Nashville hot chicken and waffles, golden brown Belgian waffle for crispy chicken strips tossed in spicy Nashville hot sauce. That's on the IHOP hotline brought to you by IHOP again 869-1240. That is open for your calls. Uh, we're open Here in the first hour, coming up top of second hour, Dan Israel joins us to talk a little Chiefs, see if he's got any insight on Travis Kelsey on a short week and that ankle and how he's feeling, how he's acting around camp. We'll have Dan, again, coming up at the top of the next hour. Uh, Glad to be here with you. Major League Baseball playoffs roll forward. We've got Monday Night Football now in the books. We can begin to look ahead a little bit uh, at college football, all kinds of good stuff. You can leave us your comments as well on our video stream, We are glad to be here with you on that video stream. Uh, You can find that on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitch. Uh, Welcome in. Happy Tuesday, Tommy.
1: It's good to be here, Jacob. Uh, You know, last night was an incredible baseball night for me as a Braves fan Uh, I was on the brink of despair. I thought the Braves aren't going to pull it off. They're washed. They're done. They're cooked. It's over. The Phillies have all the momentum. They're going to be the ones, you know, to go all the way. And then Austin Riley steps up in the bottom of the eighth. Hits a two-run home run to take the lead for the Braves. Uh, And then they have an incredible game-ending double play, uh, you know, to even the series one-to-one. They had to have it. Uh, I'm in a great mood this morning simply because of that.
2: Yeah, I bet you are. Uh, that's uh, that's always going to put you in a great mood. I mean, come on now. Well, uh, they had to have it.
1: it. Yeah, the Dodgers on the opposite end of that lose, by we, the way. We, we, we can't all be fans of the Rangers where it just is easy. They haven't lost a game in the postseason. has and, not been you know, easy.
2: It has not been easy. You, you've got to understand the bullpen and how uh, not easy the first game was. And on edge, like every second of that game, they made it through the second one. Uh, they scored a bunch of runs. Thankfully, I, I, we'll, we'll see. The Dodgers are down 0-2. They've got some work to do. Look, yeah. I, I know that people like to talk about the Rangers, but the Diamondbacks are blowing through this postseason too. Like the Diamondbacks, I, I, they they haven't lost yet either, have they? I mean, they're they're rolling right now. Yeah, they're and good. They're being overlooked big time. So we'll see about that. They've got an ace too. Like they're they're for real. They're set up for this. Uh, but the Major League Baseball playoffs continue. You get the two American League games today. We can all root against the Astros together collectively here in the afternoon contest against the Twins. And then my Rangers will give it a shot and try and not screw things up. Just the first home game, you know, these five games or or four games, I guess, that they've played. They've all come on the road. So they're looking forward to getting home, jamming out to some creed. Apparently, that's been their thing, <laughs> uh, which is cool. Uh, but we'll, we can talk about the Major League Baseball playoffs as we make our way through here. Uh, I'm really glad the Braves won because Tommy was going to be a real mopey guy today if they didn't. Yeah.
1: Well, I i, I was. I mean, I was until about the eighth inning last night, to be honest with you. I'm like, I don't know. Done.
2: whatever you think. Yeah, it would have been, been rough. It and I've been, been there. Yeah, I've been yeah. there. I'm not know. even going to argue
1: with you because that's absolutely the way I would have been today.
2: I had to jump on the radio after... It's either Game Six or Game Seven of the World Series that the Rangers lost to the Cardinals, and it was a rough day. And that, and granted, then I was like right in the middle of Rangers country too, so it was just like, ugh, sucks. Uh, but we're doing good. We're surviving and advancing. Uh, let's go back to Monday Night Football. We'll have Chiefs later. We'll we'll look at college football too this week. Monday Night Football surprised me a lot. Um, that was a that was a rough go. I thought for sure. The Raiders were in trouble, and, the, and, and Jordan Love played. I mean, that was probably his worst game. He didn't look—I mean, the, the interceptions killed them. Uh, you know, they're—that th- was tough. They should have won that game against Vegas, I think. I, I just don't think Vegas is that good. Max Crosby is. I mean, goodness gracious. That's as much of an impact on a game as you can have defensively. I, I bet that the Raiders would win. I mean, the uh, Packers would win. I felt really good about that. And, Tommy, I'm in this—I'm in this— Fantasy football league. It's called Guillotines. First year I've done this. Where if you lose, like if you're the lowest scoring team of everybody, you're out, and all your players become free agents. And it has been so much fun. And I, I and I was the low scoring team by a point. Like totally snake bitten oh. this week. I had I had my Chargers on a bye, and then Amon Ross St. Brown got hurt, and then James Conner got hurt. And like I'm like, oh no. And if if Musgrave catches that ball at the end of the game that he that I win like it was that close I was one point I lost by one point
1: so you're uh, out had, you're done entirely I'm done
2: I had Watson wow. and Musgrave and love that horse collar tackle that yeah. doesn't happen I win easy like smooth sailing like just like agonizing game last night so I'm really angry at the Packers uh who have been one of my favorite teams to bet this year and man I thought they were hitting that last night I I they're they're young. They're clearly young, and I Jordan Love, I think I'm bullish on. It's interesting because his deep balls look really good, right? Like, they look good coming out of his hand, but they really don't push the ball down the field very much right now. Everything is, like, compressed and contained, and I think Max Crosby had a whole lot to do with that. Troy Aikman was pointing that out last night. But it, it got me to thinking, like, man, Max Crosby has been this game wrecker, and if you watch the quarterback series on – Netflix, you know that there's like a little beef with Mahomes and, and Crosby there. Right. That's going to be interesting. Like Crosby was out of his mind last night. He was so dadgum impactful. And, you know, when the Chiefs come to town, or when they play the Chiefs, I should say, that will be something to watch, I think, in that game.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that Max Crosby doesn't get the attention that he deserves. I mean, simply because he plays for the Raiders. You know, he, he doesn't get you know, considered alongside guys like Nick Bosa uh, and TJ Watt, you know, and and others that are super impactful defensive players and pass rushers. I don't think he gets that kind of credit, Yeah. but I mean, mean, he's, he's right there. I mean, I really think he's right there as one of the best defensive players in the NFL. Um, As far as Jordan Love is concerned, you know, everybody talks about the lumps that You know, guys like Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson are going through. C.J. Stroud, I mean, has played really well. But, you know, these guys are rookies, right? And, like, they're going to take their lumps a little bit. They're going to get banged up. They're not always going to have great games. Nobody really talks about Jordan Love because he's been in the league for long enough. But really, he's a rookie, too. I mean, he's a a rookie starting quarterback, you know, out there really for the first time. And he's going to go through lumps also uh, as he gets used to being a starting quarterback in the league. The first couple of games he played in, in the NFL earlier this season were great. You know, and since that time, he struggled some. And I think it's growing pains. You know, I don't have a ton of concern about, you know, is this going to be, the trend you know is this the rule not the exception I don't have a lot of concern about that I think the jury is still out on how impactful of a quarterback overall he will be but I don't I don't take the last couple of games as gospel that he's you know all of a sudden falling apart
2: no he's not falling apart it's just uh, trying to evaluate and, and he should have a slightly less he should have slightly less of a leash than those rookies because he has been you know around for a little while, where they're jumping right in. I I, I, I think he's going to be fine. Man, I love their young weapons, though. Christian Watson. Dobbs didn't do much last night. I still like Musgrave. Um, so, I don't know. Green Bay. They, they they're, they're, I don't know. Here's... I think I'm even more confused by the Raiders, Tommy, and what they might be. And I just think of it in terms of, like, how dangerous a team are they to the Chiefs? Right? Like, are they a danger at, at all? Not at all. They don't play until, God, they don't play for another seven weeks, right? So the the chances of Jimmy Garoppolo being healthy at that point are low. But, you know, they do have Devontae Adams. They do have Josh Jacobs. If Garoppolo's healthy and Max Crosby is going on the other side, I don't have faith in, you know, their coaching or anything like that. And they very easily could have lost that game last night. But they're probably going to beat New England. I would say they're probably going to beat Chicago. They're probably going to beat the Giants in that mix. The Jets are an interesting game. Like, they're going to be probably hanging around. There's a, you know, there's a shot. I mean, I don't think they're as good as the Chargers, but there's a shot by the first time they play. They're, you know, right there with them in second place in the division. I don't know what to make of the Raiders. I'm very confused by them. I just don't have any faith in their coaching staff, but I do think they have some good players.
1: Well, that's the biggest thing is that you've got all of this talent, And they do like they've got some impactful players. We just talked about Max Crosby and the others that you just listed. But in my mind, basically all of that is negated because of who your coach is. And if we're power ranking bad coaches, I mean, Josh McDaniels and Brandon Staley are, you know, up there, maybe one and two. And I don't know in what order, but they're probably somewhere around there. One and two you could probably at this point throw Sean Payton in that mix too. I mean, it's, it's shocking to me that in that division, you've got Andy Reid, you know, who's up on this pedestal. And then Sean Payton has absolutely struggled in his time with Denver. And then just, it's like week by week, Brandon Staley and Josh McDaniels compete about, you know, who can make the worst coaching decisions. I mean, it's like constant every single week. It's like, staley makes a decision and then mcdaniels is like hey hold my beer i'm gonna go do this you know and then it's like the other way around the next week i mean the fact that what the raiders were up by four late and they kick a field goal when they could have just ran for a first down and ended the game they missed the field goal that doesn't mean anything and you know of course then jordan love makes makes a mistake in the end makes
2: you it makes you. It makes the other team have to score a touchdown instead wow. of kick a field goal. Well, no, well, they would have like had to score because a, because a touchdown anyway. Fourth. Yeah, you're they right. They were down right. four. I mean, just it's a basically completely terrible
1: yourself. decision, right? Yeah, and I and I
2: heard Joe Buck say like the analytics don't agree with this one. Like, right. it's, yeah, uh, like it. Yeah, I, I, I get and, and it. honestly,
1: I, like Josh McDaniels was bailed out by Jordan Love throwing that pick to you know basically in the game at that point. Like that was an
2: incredible play by the defender, by the way. It really I'm not was putting and, that one.
1: And how many times throughout this season have we seen McDaniels and Staley get bailed out by, for one reason or another, after just inexplicable coaching decisions that they've made in the course of their games? Like it's happened with the Chargers. Now it's happened with the Raiders, where they make really, really bad decisions. Then they're bailed out, the team wins the game, and you're like, you kind of, you don't really forget about it, but you're like, okay, well, they won the game, so it is what it is. But still, they're making awful, awful coaching decisions. <sighs> Think
2: about the coaches that are in the AFC West right now. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I, 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 it's it's interesting some of the some of the coaching uh, adversaries that Andy Reid's got to face. And look, he's going to face one on Thursday in Sean Payton. Yep. And Sean Payton does have that offense rolling a little bit, right? They have looked pretty good offensively. They've got nothing going defensively. Um, it's it's not. I'm, Another thing I've been thinking about the last 24 hours, like is there any reason to be afraid of this game? And that's that's a silly thing to say in the NFL because every game is tough in the NFL. I mean, we see it week after week after week. Ten-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I don't know if I'm comfortable there, Tommy. Like I, I don't know how good I feel about ten-and-a-half here without knowing what's going – even if Kelsey plays, like is Kelsey Kelsey or is Kelsey just out there because he's, you know, trying to power through it, like ten and a half when they when Denver's offense has been fairly productive, I don't I don't know that I'm good with that.
1: But their defense is I awful. Know. Like it's really, really bad. This but are is you, a game are you there yet with the Chiefs offense? Um, I'm closer. And I think the reason for that is because, you know, they offensively, I feel like had a pretty good game against the Vikings and the Vikings have a better defense than the Broncos do. Um, Plus this game is back at home, uh, you know, inside Arrowhead. So, so that's good. I mean, like that, like that's, I'm, I'm not quite there yet where I'm willing on Tuesday to say that, you know, in 40, over 48 hours from now, I'm going to take the chiefs minus 10 and a half. But I'm a little bit closer than I think I maybe would have been a week ago. And it's really just simply because of Denver's defense is is not good. They're probably the worst in the NFL. Um, And if the Chiefs feasted on the Bears' defense a couple of weeks ago, then you would think that they should be able to feast on the Broncos' defense.
2: I mean, the Jets just put up 31 on Denver. Yeah. I I get it. That's the Jets just put up 31, 407 yards of offense. They ran all over them. It was a Brees Hall game. But, yeah, I I agree that – that Kansas City should feast on them. I'm probably, if if Kelsey plays, I'll probably get there with 10.5. Well, I, let me correct that. I, I'm not, the way the Chiefs cover and don't cover, there's no chance. I'm betting 10.5 uh, on that game because the Chiefs don't cover. They just, like, that's their thing. They, 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 they Yeah, they ended up covering against the Vikings. Um, 49 points is pretty interesting on an over, even on a short week, I think, Tommy. Denver's offense has been okay. Like, Denver's offense, Russell Wilson, have not been bad this year. And I don't know if Javante Williams will play, but they have Courtland Sutton, they have Jerry Judy, they have Marvin Mims. They've got some guys there offensively. And the one thing we can say about Sean Payton is he is a good offensive coach in this league. Um, he He's done some some really bonehead things Over his career and says weird things, but the dude coaches a pretty good offense and Russell Wilson's been efficient and good. And, you know, I 49 points may be maybe the way to go. I know it's a short Thursday night week, but we just saw the game last time with two bad defenses get over with with two bad defenses. So can Denver keep up basically would be the way to get to that number is if Denver can kind of hang in there a little bit offensively. I don't know. And, and we'll talk to Dan about this, too, like strategically for the Chiefs. When you watch what Denver just did, sort of like Minnesota, don't you think Kansas City will have some motivation to really try to run the ball on Thursday, Tommy?
1: They, they should. I mean, absolutely they should. Um, I don't know if they will, but they absolutely should.
2: The Jets ran it 32 times. Uh, and and if you can you can take three of those away. Zach Wilson only ran it three of those times. Yeah. So twenty nine running back carries in that game. If my Denver fear, has a pretty good fear, offense,
1: right? My fear, and it's what we talked about yesterday, is that you know you might see fifteen to eighteen carries for Pacheco, and yep. then all of a sudden you're giving Clyde edwards Lair eight, nine carries and drive stall out because you're given CEH the ball. That's my biggest fear about the chiefs wanting to run the ball a lot.
2: The, pr- the problem for Clyde Edwards at is like, what does he give you on third down? That's, that's Nothing. the problem. Cause you, you don't want him Nothing. to like start a
1: drive, right?
2: But you'd also like, he's, he's not going to pick you up a first down either. So it's like, and I, what, I don't have the stats in front of can me on you this spell him.
1: I, I would love to, like, I don't know if anybody even keeps stats like this. I'd love to know the number of times that Clyde Edwards, helaire has gotten the ball on a third down and not converted for the first down. Cause it's gotta be quite a bit. I think, um, I don't, I don't have the stats for that, but it just seems like every time he's handed the ball in a third down situation, he's not, he's not converting. I mean, the guy is averaging, well, I think less than three yards a carry this season. And, and, you know and this goes to more of a philosophical conversation and i think we've talked about it a little bit on this program about like the lack of confidence that the chiefs have i feel like on third and short situations and fourth and short situations like you'd almost rather have a third and 17 than a third and 1 or a fourth and 9 as opposed to a fourth and 1 like the chiefs just have a really hard time Uh, you converting on those short yardage situations. They were, they were bailed out in a situation um, on, on Sunday against the Vikings where it was, uh, you know, a a four, I think it was a fourth and short situation. And they just really struggle in how they're going to convert that because they're not going to do a quarterback sneak with Patrick Mahomes. That's not going to happen. And they've attempted giving the ball to CEH. That doesn't, usually work so a lot of times they try to get cute in their bag they'll do play action they'll do shotgun they'll do different things like that and it just it usually doesn't work
2: yeah it's uh they've got to figure it out i i don't i don't think we know so here's what i'll say about that i don't think the answer is on the active roster right now i don't think it is It, it it's tricky because isaiah pacheco and the way he runs it's not like definitive, that's what you want on third and one, because you also need like a little wiggle there, too. You can't yeah. run into a brick wall. So it, it, it's almost like you like him just like attacking that yard, right? But at the same time, like there is some nuance there that it's not his style, and that's fine. Different kind of runners, but it's certainly not Clyde Edwards Alaire. It, maybe it's Jarek McKinnon. I don't know. He's never used in that scenario, so I don't really know. The, the problem is they're not going to let Mahomes do it and I don't blame them for that. I wouldn't either. Um, no third, you know, down who conversion I think it might be worth it.
1: And, and I know that you said it's not on the active roster and it might very well be a free agent, but I think it honestly could also be Lamichael P Ryan, Who's on the practice yeah, squad right now. Could be. And, and I agree. We That's don't why know. I said not we, on the
2: active roster. Yeah.
1: We saw him in preseason and, and he was effective again. It's preseason. So, you know, what can you take from that? Um, but he's sitting there on the practice squad. I mean, it would be great to, you know, at least see what he can do. Um, I I don't know. I I agree with you, though. I don't think that answer on when you're converting on a third or fourth down is on the active roster.
2: So is Blake Bell still on the active roster? Yeah, I think so. That would be the first thing I would try. And they did that in the preseason one time, and it didn't work. But I would absolutely be interested in seeing the belldozer there. Like, go back to that, what he was known for in college, right? Put him under center. He knows how to do it and let him try and pick up that yard. They need that pretty badly to be able to pick it, you know, stop having to try sweeps and, you know, all these weird things they do on third and one. And just, you know, the tush push has never been more popular. Get right. Travis Kelsey in there behind Blake Bell and let him push him forward or not not even Noah Gray, whoever. I don't care who it is. But that, you just can't do it with Mahomes, and that does limit you to some degree. And again, I agree. I would never, never – Quarterback sneak it again with Patrick Mahomes. Would, would there isn't a third down conversion on the planet that's worth that? There's not. And so it, worth that injury potential. And and if you say that's crazy risky, wouldn't did Mahomes suffer his only significant injury, right? Like it was on that play, I believe, against the Broncos, wasn't it? So let's let's not put that in the playbook. I agree with Andy Reid on that, no matter what Patrick Mahomes says. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh we'll talk more about the Chiefs coming up at the top of the next hour with Dan Israel. Uh, It's Dak Prescott season again, Tommy, where the entire world tries to decide if Dak Prescott's good enough. It's Tyreek Hill is chiming in there like we're all chiming in. What in the world for the Cowboys? What do you do here? What a strange situation. We'll get into it next on Sports Daily.
0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yo, I haven't got all day. 869-1240. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH.
2: All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily, Al Brockton Castor here, Max Power producing for us. Glad to be with you on the show today. Hey, it's Major League Baseball playoff season. If you're looking for more daily baseball coverage on the Odyssey app, check out John Boy Media's Baseball Today, the hottest topics in baseball Monday through Friday. Uh, you've got the two ALDS series happening today. Uh, again, we can all collectively root against the Astros this afternoon. Uh, offense intended, any Astros fans out there. And then, uh, and then you know, you guys can jump on my bandwagon and root for the Rangers with me. Go Rangers! Uh, if you don't care, just know that I could win a bunch of money if the Rangers win, and and I would appreciate that. My kids have to eat. Tommy, they got to go to college. Um,
1: you know, when we're talking about a bunch of money, are we talking about like five bucks, ten bucks, forty dollars? What are we talking? Are we talking about like them going to college kind of money?
2: Uh. Have you seen the price of college? I mean, well, I mean maybe I'm being expensive. Maybe I'm being a little bit sarcastic. No, it's it's a like, it's could a it
1: buy it? Like, could, could it buy a couple of like textbooks for them Maybe when they go to college? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. It's enough money for me to sweat a little bit, you know, and and I, normally my bets are, you know, like 10 bucks. Maybe if it's like a straight bet right. that I feel really good about 25 bucks. Nothing's ever more. And than
1: this that. is for them to win the whole thing,
2: right? They've got to win the whole thing. Okay. And I've got it at 50 to 1 that we made okay. before the season. Actually, I have three different bets. I got one at 60 to 1 uh and two at 50 to 1. Let's go. Come okay. on Rangers. Let's go.
1: I mean, I've got a bet for the Braves to win the National League. Um so and I made that one before the season. I didn't go as far as you did to say that they would win the entire thing, but if they can if they can win the National League, then I've got a pretty decent bet there. So I
2: have a history of this Situation and I, man, I hope it really doesn't repeat itself. So, in 2010, when the Rangers went to the World Series, before that season, my dad and I were in Vegas and we put down a hundred dollars for the Rangers to win the World Series, got 35 to one. And granted, up to this point in time in the franchise's history, the Rangers had been to the playoffs either two or three times and swept by the Yankees like in all of those times. That's it, like forever, right? And that happened in the mid-90s. Yeah. So then fast forward here, the Rangers blow through the first three rounds of that postseason. They they made a Cliff Lee trade like you're feeling great. We were about to fly to Vegas to watch the World Series and cash our tickets. Um, I'm glad we didn't do that because they didn't win. My now wife and I had just started dating. And so, like, we... I'm trying to, like, play it cool, right? And not act like a lunatic. But, like, we had this trip planned, a quick trip, like, to the mountains in New Mexico. And it was game one of the World Series. And I'm like, uh, how do I do this? Like, hey, can we get this romantic getaway to the mountains and watch a baseball game on TV? And so, like... If you want to know how much I love my wife, I think that we had to like, we we ended up toward the end. Now they lost that game and lost that World Series, but yeah, like, I that was that was excruciating. And so you know, women out there, yeah, i um, she's that lucky that I was what, willing to to do that for her.
1: Is uh, that the biggest sporting event that you have missed, like with the team that you follow? No, for something else,
2: it's not. So okay. We had – anyway, lost that bet and the next year. We lose our bet. We had another one. We only got like 20-to-1 odds the next year. Lost it too. Same thing, $100 bet before the year. So when I was probably in middle school – so as a little bitty kid, right, Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys. And then they went through those years of like – I don't even remember the names of some of these quarterbacks. Like the the Quincy Carter years into some just yeah. – real and they were – I mean, they were – terrible. And so, you know, as an impressionable kid, I had a starter jacket, and I picked the Buccaneers starter jacket for the year they changed their logo, and I loved Warwick Dunn in college, because he was little, like me. And so I was like, alright, I'm a Bucs fan. Huge Bucs fan. Was like, diehard hard Bucs fan for, forever, right? And they would get to the playoffs, and they'd lose, and they get to the playoffs, and they'd lose. The year they won the Super Bowl, I was in Houston, I believe, for a stock show that weekend leading up, and my brother and I, we drive down and do these stock shows, and, and like that means you show animals, right? And yeah. so they're the biggest shows of the year, and they happen in in like Houston and San Antonio. So we were down there, and it was that Saturday, and I'm like telling my brother, I'm like Sammy, we gotta stay down here, like the Bucks are in the Super Bowl finally, right? Like we gotta stay and watch it. And he's like, Yeah, totally, that's fine. Like we'll you can play hooky on for school on Monday. Like we'll we'll hang out down here and watch Super Bowl. Well, we had some neighbors with us. And one of those girls was just, like, whining and whining, no, we got to get back. And so we end up having to drive back, and I'm I'm trying to, like – and this was before streaming or anything else, whatever year that was. So, like, yeah. I'm literally radio jumping as best I can to try and, like, we'd enter – because it was, like, a 13-hour drive to, like, enter different – you know, you enter different coverage areas. And I'm trying to, like, quickly scroll around. I couldn't, like, pull it up on the internet and say, what station is – And so that's how I listened to the Bucks win the Super Bowl. That was the worst, honestly. Mm. Like that was horrible.
1: Uh, Was that back in the day when like Mike Allstott was their fullback? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And they beat the Raiders like fifty to nothing. I mean, it was a it was. It
1: would have been. It was the John Gruden Bowl, right?
2: Yeah, I was such a Buccaneers fan, and then, you know, probably until I got to college, and then I just sort of. And then I sort of floated back into the Cowboys space, and it was like, all right, like what am I doing? Like I, I'm a, I'm a Cowboys fan. Like it's it, what, what that was a fun you know ten year run or so that I had with the Buccaneers. Uh, but but uh, let's be real. I'm a, so that was the most excruciating. Uh, now the most excruciating playoff experience was definitely 2011 World Series when the Cardinals, uh, you know, when Nelson Cruz didn't catch the ball and the Cardinals beat the rangers in the world series so we don't need a repeat of that uh we need the rangers to finish the job this year and cash my bets and you know be the world series for the team i care about the most by far
1: can i just tell you as a braves fan my entire life you know from a little kid you know really growing up and they won the world series in 95 i was nine years old Uh, i remember that it was great but i got really really used to the Braves being a great team and then not winning the world series outside of that one year in 95 they won like 15 straight division titles yeah, you know, so i'm following them like they were dominant you know they were, they were on tv every night like every you know i was all about it but you always knew they would get to the playoffs they might even get to the world series but more than likely they were going to run up against the yankees and the yankees were going to beat them like that was kind of the way that it was uh, so I just got really used to just thinking like, I mean, they're they're fun to watch in the regular season, but they're they're not going to win the World Series. And, um, you know, so I I, I get that. Like, I, and again, like it's a little bit different because your team has never won the World Series. and Mine has. But I mean, I, I get it. Like, I get the idea of like you get really amped up about, all right, this is the year they've got the talent and then they don't get it done.
2: I don't even know if the Rangers—I mean, the Rangers have the talent this year. I didn't think they'd be in this position after all the injuries. I mean, they've got four starters hurt, right? Like, four starting pitchers out, and they've been missing players all year. So it's kind of like a magical who-knows-what's-going-to-happen ride right now. But you say that about the—and fans do feel that way, like, oh, we just never get there. That's not worse than never being good at all. Like, it's still much better— Then right. and, and I always ask this question, but it's one of my favorite like sports radio topics. Would you sacrifice like a decade of relevance for a guaranteed championship? Like you you know, like with a decade of relevance, you can take your shot. Basically, the Braves are the poster child for this before they won their championship anyway. But like, would you take a decade of being in the mix or one guaranteed championship? And a hundred times out of a hundred, I would take a decade of being in the mix because the opposite really? of what you went through is what I went through as a Rangers fan, which is they were always terrible. And I yeah. promise you, that's way worse. Ask a, ask a Royals fan that. It's question. like
1: yeah, the Royals, right? They had like the the flash in the pan, you know, lightning in a bottle in 2014, 2015, but they got their championship out of it. Yeah, and like you can never take that away. That's etched in the record books. And and coming from a guy that. Has followed the Braves, where you had 14 straight division titles. Nobody cares about that. I mean, like you can put but, that yeah, you on a banner and hang it from the stadium.
2: You got to watch and enjoy baseball for all but the very end for a decade. The Royals, the Royals haven't been
1: able to do that, but they got their championship. Like, they like did. that's they, it's and so like did they're the in they're in immortality because of that. But like again, if, but like have if such you short took
2: memories in sports, <clears throat> like we're like we're not thinking about five, six years ago anymore,
1: are we? Like sure, I, you are.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I think we uh, enjoyed it here, Here's a good example.
1: More. So the Braves won two years ago. And, it, you know, so I was, what, I guess I was 35 when the Braves won two years ago. I was nine years old before that. Like, it was, you know, a long time. 25 years. Uh, 20, whatever, that the math is there. And I, like now, they won two years ago the pressure is off my shoulders. Like, I would love for them to win another one, but they just won two years ago. So I'm kind of like, all right, like they won a couple years ago. I can still remember that. I know what I was doing. I know how I celebrated. I know how happy I was. So like I got my championship, right? It doesn't mean that this one's not as important. It is, but I got my championship.
2: I think as sports fans, it's so important to enjoy it in the moment because like, ask, I don't know. It's hard. Patriot fans right now, like if they're the worst team in the league, that's going to it's not going to suck less because they won six championships with Tom Brady. It's still another
1: another example for me when the Chiefs won in 2020 and they beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl. They had not won a Super Bowl in my lifetime. They were a lot of times in the mix. I mean, the Chiefs were in the playoffs a lot. But they hadn't won a championship like there was nothing better than that. And I would have yeah, taken it, it, that one championship over every single year of them being nine and seven, ten and six in the playoffs, getting bounced in the opening round. What, like There were a lot of really bad Chiefs playoff losses like they found every single way to yeah. lose and get bounced in the playoffs over the years. They got their championship. That was more important than decades of relevance.
2: So the NFL is different than baseball to me, big time, because baseball, if you get there, you always have a chance, right? Like any team that makes the postseason has a chance to win a World Series. No question. It is true. In football, that's not the case, right? In all of those Chiefs teams of the great, like Alex Smith years, which is, I think, what you're talking about. um,
1: But even before then.
2: But but those years, like, for sure, because they were winning tons of games, like, it never felt like they were good enough to win a Super Bowl. Uh, You know, what, for whatever reason, it just never did. And and I think there's something to that. And that leads us into the topic that we'll now get into in the next segment, which is Dak Prescott. Like, the Cowboys have been in a purgatory where you know they don't have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Like, the Cowboys right now do not have a chance to win a Super Bowl. And it's been that way. So, and it's been that way for 20 years now. Like, you know Jason Garrett clapping 8 and 8 like they've been in this purgatory for a long time and it is it is a really strange place to be and it all the attention focuses in on Dak Prescott rightfully so because he's not going to win a super bowl what do you do if you're the Cowboys Jerry Jones today you know backing up Dak again i don't know what else he's supposed to do but man it is t- the Vikings are going through this with Kirk Cousins like i there's teams that do this but it is a tough spot to be in in the NFL The Dak Dilemma. Um, All right. Dak Prescott has not been good this year. Dak Prescott has in his uh, last—well, he's got five touchdowns and four interceptions this year. Uh, Last week against the Niners, good defense. He was not good. He was good against the Patriots. He was good against the Jets. He was bad against the Cardinals, the Giants, and the Niners. So basically good at home, bad on the road. He was bad last year, led the league in interceptions, didn't throw for a lot of yards— Two years ago in 21, he was really, really good. Um, And and so the Cowboys have this dilemma now with a 30-year-old Dak. What do they do moving forward? And look, I don't think that this is going to get as crazy as some are suggesting with they got to go trade Dak, they got to do whatever. I mean, they can't really bail now. You had to give him the contract at the time that they gave him. Uh, they brought in Trey Lance. I think they brought in Trey Lance for a reason. And it's just like, Tommy, what, what do you do with Dak? Because you know, in your heart of hearts, watching the Cowboys, and, and maybe the only person on the planet that doesn't know this is Jerry Jones because he brought back Mike McCarthy. And he thought, you know, like the, the, the decisions they made in the off season don't make any sense. Because Tony Pollard was never a feature back in his life. I'm not surprised he can't handle that role. Um, they've got an aging offensive line. They've got an amazing weapon in CeeDee Lamb that they can't utilize. And Dak Prescott's not playing well. He's not seeing it. He can't run anymore. But they're kind of stuck with this. And they dug this their own hole on this. But what, like, what do you do at this point if you're the Cowboys? I mean, you're not going to bench Dak or do anything crazy like that. It's just... Like, you're playing right now knowing that you're not good enough to win a Super Bowl.
1: I think that they know that their defense is usually above average at worst and really good at best. Like, they know that. And I know that they had a significant loss in Trayvon Diggs out for the year, all of that. Like, I get all of that. But, man, they still have a ton of different weapons defensively anchored by Micah Parsons. So I think that the thought process is we lean on that defense to try to keep us in games the best we can to really help take the pressure as much as possible off of Dak in that offense. The problem is Sunday night when you're playing as explosive of an offense that the 49ers have, I mean, they're clearly the best team in football right now. It got away from the Cowboys very, very quickly. Right. And so if you can't lean on that defense, if the defense is not going to come to play and, you know, be able to compete against a top-tier offense like the 49ers, then at that point, yeah, you're going to have trouble keeping up. Like, you know, Dak is not a shootout quarterback. Uh, You know, you don't want to get into a situation where he's got to go touchdown to touchdown against an opposing team. Like, that's not the way that it's going to work for this team to have success. So, again, you've got to lean on that defense and then hope that they keep you in games to where you don't have to try to score a bunch of different points.
2: it's not going to be good enough. I mean it's just not. That that's the problem. It's not good enough to win a Super Bowl. And so like if it's not good enough to win a Super Bowl, you know, w- what is it? And I I don't know what you do. I it, but like it's not just that too Tommy, it's not even this year. Like the Cowboys are not winning a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott. Because what's Dak Prescott's window? He's 30. He's regressing, right? He's not as good as he used to be for whatever reason. CeeDee Lamb is way younger than people think. He's still just like 23. But you don't have what you need in the backfield. Your offensive line, which has been so great for so long, is getting old. You know, you have Micah Parsons. You can't keep Dan Campbell probably forever. Like, it's just not going to work. So what do you do? Does Dak Prescott have trade value? Is Jerry Jones at his age really willing to pull the trigger on that? I will say I don't think they go get Trey Lance if they have supreme confidence in Dak Prescott. But it does make me wonder, like at any point this year, do you do anything with Trey Lance? It's just this weird, weird spot to be in. Minnesota's sort of in this spot, right? And Cousins is playing at a high level. That's the difference between Cousins and Dak right now is Cousins is playing at a high level. Dak is not. What do you do with Dak? Do you bench him? Do you trade him? Do you just roll with it and know what that, other yeah, option we might you get to have? Him? I mean, I mean, I,
1: I know you have Cooper Rush. You actually also have Trey Lance at this point. But, like, what other option Neither do you Neither of have? those
2: options are better than Dak right now. And the right. Cowboys aren't going to punt on this season. But it's like you're just watching it like, man, that ain't going to be good enough. And the problem is they they thought, like, oh, Tony Pollard's going to be this revelation. But the reality is Tony Pollard's never been that. How many times did I tell you they need to go get, like, a veteran running back to help? They, they should have re-signed Zeke. Zeke's exactly what they need right now, which is kind of funny. But I don't know. It is it is this weird spot. And when we talk about, like, taking the relevance versus taking the championship, we know how Jerry Jones would answer that question. He would take the championship. Is like – if there's another Aaron Rodgers situation out there where you've got a veteran that's really good and we may see this with Kirk Cousins, like do you do you say let's go that route instead of Dak if you're the Cowboys? And then if you do, what do you do with Dak? Do you cut him loose? Like that's where I think you got to start. For this year, I don't think there's an answer. Like I think you just have to sort of roll with it.
1: Big picture though. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at like, when is the next time that the Cowboys can feel confident about drafting a quarterback? Like, what's the future, the long-term future at that position for the Cowboys? Because I, I have a hard time believing that Cooper Rush or Trey Lance is the long-term future. It's not, it's not even the short-term future. They're not the long-term future either, I don't think. So, and I don't know what kind of trade value Dak would even have on the market right now. At what point do you just say, look, like we gotta we gotta look at the future like long term and maybe try to draft somebody that can come in and eventually replace Dak and be the long-term quarterback for the franchise?
2: I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. This offseason, I think that's the answer. I think you look at it this yep. offseason and make the change. Uh, if somebody like Kirk Cousins is out there, go for it. Or Roll with somebody like Trey Lance, and if you stink, you got to tear it down anyway. I know Jerry Jones doesn't want to do that, uh, but the, Mike McCarthy, a Tony Pollard, twenty carry backfield, and Dak Prescott are not going to get it done this year. They'll win games. They'll win. They'll win plenty of games. They ain't winning a Super Bowl. 869-1240. When we return, Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, joins us on the program. We'll talk about uh, the game against the Vikings and look ahead to the Thursday night affair with the Broncos. That's next on Sports Daily.